Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. And it was that and the grace of God and well-meaning friends and those who were praying and ministering the love of Christ to me that I chose to uh, find an answer in God. I knew that he would be the only one who could possibly have an answer. Mm-hmm. That this, in spite of what anybody told me or tried to sell me or put on the TV or wrote a book about, this is not working. Stephen Williams is Pastor Paul's guest today on Life Support. And today he shares a deep personal story of how he bought into a cultural lie, which led to a destructive lifestyle, and then ultimately to a place of redemption. Welcome once again to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was a golden boy. All we can do right now is come together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, I'm glad you're here on Life Support. This is a program where we glorify the Lord Jesus Christ because he's in the business of changing lives. And we love to tell stories, stories of redemption, stories of restoration. And we have one of those stories to tell today. Stephen Williams is my guest. Stephen, thank you very much for dropping by again. It's good to see you. I'm I'm honored to be here, Pastor. Thank you for the invitation. We spent some time um, on our last uh, program talking about your incredible story. And if you could, why don't you give us like a Reader's Digest version of that story? Because there's some things that I'd really like to pry into regarding Satan's lies, regarding the and, and that really haven't changed since the garden. It's basically the same it's lie. It's That's just been tweaked true. and turned for different generations. But exactly, tell tell me about what God did in your life, Stephen. Um, at a at a very young age, um, I happened to be a child that um, was not confident. You know, I was I was growing up, and and as all children do, coming to an understanding of who they are, the whole world is a mystery to them. But in the area of, specifically in my case, um, becoming a man, which I was born to be and what God created me to be, um, I felt I didn't feel confident. Um, my parents were there for me, loved me, took care of me. I just happened to be a child that needed a little more guidance and direction um, and encouragement to pursue um, my identity regarding being a, a male, a man. Um, so there was a deficit there, and um, the challenge, the that need is so important to understand regarding your identity. If there's any mystery, it never really goes away, regardless of how old you get. That struggle with confidence and and um, understanding exactly who I was as male as opposed to female or wherever I fit in continued until the age of maturity, um, when puberty begins. The essential problem is that when that sexual maturity begins, if the need for understanding who you are in your sexual identity has not been resolved, that that emptiness, that need becomes eroticized. And that was what happened in my life, you know, the process through until the time of that I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, most of those years, you just internalized the problem. It was showing on the outside. Um, school wasn't easy. It was difficult. Um, you just don't fit in. Um, then, at a, as I continued to mature, I got involved in the um, 
what is the so-called gay lifestyle and the social part of it and that and so on. Um, but the result of all the years that I was involved in that were nothing but dis- um, discouragement, disappointment, um, uh, failure, uh, sickness. Uh, thank God I recovered from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, just a, a continual life of frustration and bitterness. And um, I had been raised in a church, raised in a family with faith. And um, as this crisis began to build, um, I I found life was either not worth living um, at all, or I was going to have to find another way to live. I was extremely unhappy unsatisfied and angry about being homosexual. Mm -hmm. And it was that and the grace of God and well-meaning friends and those who were praying and ministering the love of Christ to me that I chose to uh, find an answer in God. I knew that he would be the only one who could possibly have an answer. Mm-hmm. That this, in spite of what anybody told me or tried to sell me or put on the TV or wrote a book about, this is not working. And it was that law of sowing and reaping that really drove me into the arms of, of the Lord and his answer. And he took you to places that were amazing. You ran into a man, uh, a counselor who knew you somehow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Powerful experience. Uh, told me, well, much like as we discussed the the, the story in the Gospel of John, chapter 4, about the woman at the well. And her very words were, he told me everything I had ever done. And that was exactly the experience I had. The beauty in that, Pastor, is that the enemy I was fighting, my feelings, had been a stranger up to that day. But the, light, but the man of God revealed the light of Christ, which was... This is where things got off track. This is where the this is what you did. You don't remember, and that's being used against you because you were young. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling, I'm exposing this now. Your enemy can't hide anymore. Now you can. You know who he is, or and what it is, the lie that you believed, so that you be, can begin to believe the truth, who and what God created you to be, and move into that godly, restored relationship exactly as He intended. Wow. You know, um, those of us who have grown up in the church or are active in the church, we we talk about Satan, we talk about uh, spiritual warfare, but um, it's a very, very real thing that sometimes I think gets taken too lightly. Satan is out there to kill, steal, and destroy. Exactly. He is out there to to divide churches and ruin lives. That's right. And try to destroy God's work. Now, we're, we're thankful that the church will endure and Christ will win in the end, but yes. sometimes there's a lot of carnage in between. What was the lie that Satan was whispering in your ear when you were young? Uh, essentially, what it came down to was that you're not good enough to be a man. You don't have what it takes. You don't... You're... you're Weak, uh, not strong enough, not good enough, not, you know, you, you can't do it. Mm-hmm. And it became a huge source of fear. Now there are millions of lies he can tell you. Um, <clears throat> you're not rich enough. You're not talented enough. You're not smart enough. You're not tall enough. Um, you don't have long enough eyelashes. You don't have blonde hair. You, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
the the purpose of the enemy is to kill, as you said, kill, steal, and destroy. He does not care how it's done as long as it's done. Now, to say that I didn't feel good enough, that that alone would be enough to destroy someone's life, well, it is. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, or almost destroy it. Mm -hmm. Um, You can live, you know, it was another 25 years of living destruction until I found out that I have a choice in this, Mm -hmm. that what I've been believing is not true at all. God created me to be a man. He had a plan right from the beginning because as scripture says, he, he saw me in the womb, he knit me together and wrought his plan and purpose for me and in my life and intends to bring it to fruition. Right. And, you know, there are men in our culture who carry that, that belief system around with them. I'm not good enough. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I see it a lot of times in churches, um, I see it in my own life in different areas. We all have this picture of what a man, a real man, exactly should be, and Satan will come along and say, "Yeah, you're not that." Exactly. So exactly. What, ha- right. what happens is now in in you know you had that experience. Men are acting out in pornography because it gives them a temporary dose of manhood. True. Or they withdraw and become isolated because they don't feel like they can fit into this group of real men. Exactly And that's right. Satan just prowling, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And it, like I said, it's, it's a very, very, seems like a very small thing. But an entire, entire um, uh, counterfeit creation. Mm-hmm. You know, this one lie leads to another one and then on to another. And this huge, you know, you're essentially creating a Frankenstein's monster out yeah. of this one. And over a period of 25 years... Yeah, you can really get And before you know track. it, you're trapped. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Addicted. Yeah. And and in you, in your case, you had this nagging feeling all along. Like you had grown up in the church, so you understood yes. the truth. Yes. And you knew kind of somewhere in your mind, in your heart, all along that this wasn't good for you. That's exactly right. And so God never let you go. No. Um. It was the exposure of the enemy and what he was doing. That was, it was at the age, the Lord had shown me that I was about nine years old when I, and I, you know, when, when that was revealed to me, even a memory came back to me of that day and that time. I can remember that moment. Of course, at the age of nine, you're not really conscious of what you're thinking, but I do remember, I thought, okay, um, if this is true, that I'm not good enough to man, be a man, then who am I? And then was on my own trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. wandering, puzzling, and, you know, wherever the devil, well, maybe this will work, maybe this will work, maybe yeah. that'll work. Takes you on a, a journey toward death, and um, sometimes we don't even know it. Perfectly said. Yeah. It is a journey toward death. Yeah. And whatever that lie is, yeah. um, not pretty enough, you're not born on the wrong side of town, whatever it is. That's ultimately where it leads you. Yeah, and a journey of death. God can never love you that because it's of true. that way. It's a, there are billions of yes. things. Yes, and I think the, the the very root of it all is, you know, if you if you go back to the garden, and you think about what Eve was up against, the the lie was, I can give you more than what God gave you. God doesn't love you enough to give you what I can give you. And, and the rest of this is kind of just built on that foundation. That's, Pastor, it's exactly true. 
the the things people are hearing today, what I heard, and 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 humans throughout the century are just variations on what came out of the serpent's mouth the first time. Did God really say mm-hmm. a little bit of truth? Because God did say some things, but yes, he, he, he did. Took it and he twisted it, uh-huh. and and she was left. But thankfully, God didn't let her go either, and True. had a, had a plan for to love Adam and Eve even through that terrible fall. You know, there are many who um, have children, relatives, or or maybe they're struggling with some of these lies in their lives. You know, they're they're thinking through like, who am I? What does God have for me? Why is this happening in my life? True. Um, what would you say to somebody who said, hey, you know, Stephen, I, I appreciate your story, but um, you didn't really know my background, and I, I don't fit in anywhere, Stephen. You know, I, I've tried church. Uh, it, they they don't really relate to me. You know, I. how would you bring hope into their lives through what you've been through? Uh, I don't mean it to sound pointed. But um, I think in the opportunities I've had in the last 35 years in, in assisting um, other um, professionals and in helping individuals who felt like I did. Um, in fact, in the last five years, I can remember a young man um, that my, one of my counseling pastors had asked me to help with and share my story with. And I never really sensed that he was truly convicted about his sin or that he really wanted to be out of it. We'll be back with Pastor Paul and Stephen Williams in a moment. You know, trauma is the topic of this program, and there's a website that can help all of us learn how to come alongside others who are going through pain and suffering. It's lifesupportresources.org. Registration is free, and you'll have access to hundreds of videos, group resources, and webinars from mental health professionals. Again, the site is www.lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. In fact, in the last five years, I can remember a young man um, that my one of my counseling pastors had asked me to help with and share my story with. And I never really sensed that he was truly convicted about his sin or that he really wanted to be out of it. Uh, if... If it's someone who's who's doubtful, you know, well, I tried the church and so on and all of that, I guess my response would be, um, and it seems like pushing back, but I guess I would have to get real and say, so if all those things didn't work, how is what you're doing now working for you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How successful is it? Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's a great question because that's, a, that's, that's not a... Um, a judgmental question. It's just a question. Yeah. And questions are always good. So yeah, where mm-hmm. you know, so what have you found instead? Is mm-hmm. there is there anything working? And if there isn't, why are you still doing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I think that sometimes um, we're afraid to ask those questions because maybe we're not sure that you know what how we're going to answer back. But the Holy Spirit's there, and we're we're not called to to change everybody. We're called just to be the light of Christ. That's true. You know. Yeah. As we maneuver through our day, whoever comes into our, our sphere of influence or whoever God calls us to mentor. That's right. You know, God does the work. We're kind of there as a, as a servant offering hope. It's true. And, you know, I, I think of, um, as you speak, Pastor, I, I can't help but think of the parable of the sower. Um, we are called to sow seed. 
And, you know, Jesus goes on to describe the different types of ground, the stony ground, the ground with weeds, um, the dry ground, and so on. You'll notice that the the sower is not responsible for where the seed goes. His responsibility is simply to sow. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm in the middle of a a great book by a gentleman named Gary Thomas called When to Walk Away regarding toxic relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm involved in my lay ministry and praying for people and and ministering, trying to help, you know, wherever I'm able um, under under pastoral guidance and supervision. And um, the book uses the life of Christ himself and his relationships for just one example would be the rich young ruler mm-hmm. who comes to him and wants to know what he must do to inherit life. And Jesus plainly tells him in love, you know, to sell everything he has and give it all away because what he has has him instead yes. of the other way around yeah. that he has an idol before God and he has to get his priorities turned around. Well, he walks away sad because he's at least at that point in his life unable to do that. And, um, but Christ doesn't go running down the road after him trying to convince right. him to change his mind. Right. Here is the truth. I'm telling you the truth and presenting it. If you're ready and your heart is prepared, um, you can receive that. Um, and maybe the seed will come up at some, I'll sow the seed today. If I don't see the harvest, someone else will. Yeah, and Jesus' heart had to be breaking because he made that man. He, he loved that man, but he also out. knew the state of that man's heart. Exactly. All right. Um, let's just talk for a couple of minutes here about where we are as a culture because um, culture is crazy right now, and uh, believers in Jesus are getting turned around, and they don't. It's happening so fast. You know, I think we all knew at eventually we'd kind of end up in some of these places, but mm-hmm. it happened like overnight. So parents are trying to figure out what to do with their kids, you know, how to handle it, how to maneuver through all of this gender, uh, you know, questions and all that kind of thing. Um, you've kind of lived that. Yeah. And you've come out the other side. Mm-hmm. And here you are, uh, redeemed and moving forward and proclaiming Jesus. Um there, then it means there's hope, right? No exactly. matter how crazy the culture That's is. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. I think one of the greatest weapons that when we talk about the culture and we can include media and everything that we're bombarded this way. I remember very early in my walk with Christ, um, even before I moved back to South Dakota, um, within the first year of being really I never did watch a lot of television and news. I never have. But I remember having something on one day early in my life with Jesus, and I thought, I don't have pornography in my house. Why do I have this? Mm -hmm. None of this is Scripture-based. It's all lies. It's all intended to discourage me. And may I speak as a former journalism student? Mm -hmm. They even taught us in high school, good news does not sell. You cannot give away literally newspapers that have good news in them. Bad news is what sells. Journalism is a business in any of its forms, and it's all about the money, and whatever sells is what we will present. Mm -hmm. And if it's essentially spiritual pornography, that's where the market is, and that's where the money is, and that's what we're going to do. Right. I say that to say I believe it's one of the greatest weapons that the enemy uses. The whole idea is to – his whole idea in, the, in destroying is to give us the mindset or concern us or get us distracted with this stuff to say we'll say everything's wrong. 
ineffective and going the wrong way. But just because they say it doesn't mean that it's true. My personal belief is that the kingdom of God, creation itself, although it deals with the fall, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a self-will, mm-hmm. and it is it is renewing itself continually to bring God's kingdom on earth. We have a tremendous amount of power working on our side. Yes. We are not alone. We are not weak. We are not powerless in spite of what you see and hear. The church is growing, um, and, and I think Americans have this view uh, that just stops at the border. Uh, you know, like if it's not happening in the U.S., that means everything's lost. Correct. Uh, if you go down to Latin America, the, the gospel's exploding uh, in different parts of the world. And I'm aware of that. Yeah, yes, it's true. You're right. And the church, the church is growing, and, and God is winning. But your your counsel is so wise to just be careful what you're watching, you know, and and keeping grounded in the Word of God is so so more important than ever. Yep. Yep. I, there's no other way to identify the lie. No, no, you're right. Mm-hmm. And his, you know, the, the scripture, it isn't just reading a book. The scripture is alive. It's it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It goes into into your being, mm-hmm. you know, it becomes a living part of you. It, so many people, you know, think of it as only a book, and it's so much more than that. The scripture even tells us that the um, the Gospel of John talks about J- Jesus was the Word and is the Word. You know, he was yep. this, the Scripture, the Word of God manifest yep. to us. Yeah. There's a lot of power there. <laughs> and and, and yes. the reason that we struggle to read sometimes or are tempted not to is because Satan doesn't want us anywhere near that truth. That's because right. he, likes his, mm-hmm. he likes his little kingdom of lies. Yeah. All right. So here's Stephen Williams sitting in front of me who has been through this journey um, you've come out the other side through the help of, you know, obviously God's um, intervention, the help of mentors. Um, tell me a little, just br- briefly, about what your life is like now as compared to what it was like then when you were trapped in this. <laughs> well, no comparison. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, since moving back to South Dakota, especially. Um, God so had a plan for me. I lived in a small western South Dakota town from Sioux Falls, but I had friends out there. Um, this was long before any of us knew the Lord. Um, and good friends, but in the time since I've been home, um, God has graciously, re- graciously redeemed them along with me. Wow. And now uh, we were friends as sinners, but we're now we're brothers and sisters in Christ. It's um, It's been 35 years of just redemption. Mm-hmm. You know, God buying back things that I thought I was long last. Um, I'm still kind of in a honeymoon period. Three weeks ago, I was at my uh, high sc- major high school reunion. And I have to tell you, Pastor, I, I wanted to be involved it was very intimidating because I was a nobody and a nerd back during that day. But I thought, I want to be part of this. I want to participate. The key thing that 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 made me passionate about it was that there was no people group on this planet for whom the change that God has made in my life that it would be more evident to those than those yeah, people I knew in right, high school. Right. So that was the most critical thing. This mm-hmm. was a mission of God mm-hmm. for me to go in there and show the light of Christ. And it was, <laughs> I don't know, stinking awesome, indescribable. Mm-hmm. I had such a great opportunity because I love serving. And as a committee member, I got to be a part of the servant. Um, 
you know, people who wouldn't have given me the time of day 50 years ago, you know, getting yeah. the friend, sure. friend requests from them. Yeah, yeah. I, I um, after the three days were over, I should have been exhausted, but I, I couldn't sleep. It was just a tremendous, you know, just one of so many opportunities that uh, God has given me to advance the kingdom for his plan and purpose, and praise God for that. Well, you've been faithful, and I really appreciate you telling your story. It takes a lot of courage, and uh, but it's it's a hopeful, wonderful story. So thank you very Good. much, Stephen. I'm honored, sir. You know, um, it's really interesting what God can do, and sometimes it seems that the road ahead is um, just too hard, or that you might be caught in a situation, or a friend, or a spouse, or a child, and you think, oh, all is lost. Jeremiah thirty two twenty seven. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? And Stephen's story would resoundingly say, no, nothing is too hard for me. And so don't give up hope. Uh, God is working. And you can't always see that. I understand that. And sometimes we won't see the end of his work, but that's walking by faith. So continue to pray. Continue to stay close to God. Continue to just hold on to that hope that God knows and God is working and God is powerful. Nothing is too hard for God. I'm so glad you listened today. I want to thank our partners, MyFaithRadio.com. You can check out our network. And if you want to see a video version of this podcast, uh, Five Stone Media will offer that at FiveStoneMedia.com. And you can check us out here at Ridgewood Church as well at MyRWC.org. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Life Support. Life Support is a presentation of Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota and Five Stone Media. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at myfaithradio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.